Hey, folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. And now, GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what you need to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code, plug in The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who use the redeem code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Hi, everyone. I'm Kate Scott. Thank you so much for joining us for the first week of The Update. It's a new podcast covering the most interesting Bay Area sports stories of the moment with interviews and sound from the folks at the heart of those stories. Now, I'm sure there'll be some bumps here in our first few weeks, but we really hope that you'll stick with us because our goal is to make this your go-to podcast when you want to get caught up on all of our teams here in the Bay, college and pro, quickly and on your schedule. All right, here we go. For the Athletic Podcast Network, I'm Kate Scott. Welcome to the update. On today's show, Raider Nation officially bid adieu to the Coliseum on Sunday. Again, and like most goodbyes, it left a lot to be desired. Reporter Steve Berman was there and takes us inside of those legendary tailgates and costume-filled end zone sections to help make sense of why a fan base abandoned for a second time simply refuses to stop loving its squad. It's Wednesday, December 18th. Well, Steve, it's really over this time. We think the Raiders have played their final home game at the Oakland Coliseum. No more Oakland. It's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, can you, can you believe it? I'll believe it when the Las Vegas Stadium actually opens mm. and has people inside of it playing a football game. Until then, all bets are off the table. Okay, I like that. <laughs> now, coming into the year, I'll be honest, I was one of the folks that thought no one their team was leaving them again. There might be some empty seats this season, some, you know, screw you, I'm Dunners, but that couldn't have been further from the truth. It was surprising to me, too, especially growing up around here as you two. It's, remember the blackouts that mm -hmm. would occur mm -hmm. back in the day where you had times where you couldn't even watch the, the team on TV for weeks at a time yeah. because they didn't fill the stadium. There's tarps on there for a reason, and they're still there, but I was surprised. I've covered a bunch of Raider games this year at the Coliseum, and the tailgating scene is hype. It is loud there. 40,000 Raider fans make more noise than 70,000 49er fans. That's what you need to know. The fans on both end zones, not just the side where the black hole is, but the other side as well, has been loud all season, including times when the Raiders haven't played well, when the Raiders actually face some boos later in games that they haven't played. Earlier in the game, they were cheering them as if they were their favorite players uh, still and their favorite team and as if they weren't going to go to Vegas in a year. So going off of that, Steve, you think it's fair to say the fans played a major role in that three-game win streak in November? Absolutely. The players definitely said so after each of those wins. And those games were all so close that you kind of figure that maybe if there was any sort of flip-flop one way or the other, coin flip, if you will, then the crowd kind of maybe helped him out a little bit. And afterwards, Gruden was very, very appreciative. He always runs over to the black hole and shakes hands, gives high fives, hugs people, gets face paint on his head because these guys <laughs> are all made up. And, you know, he said that he was very appreciative of it. Actually, the players after games sort of seem surprised in some cases, especially some of the newer guys, guys like Incognito, DJ Swearinger, the rookies like Hunter Renfro. 
because they had been away for five weeks or six weeks, actually, as the team was on its road trip that included a quote-unquote home game in, uh, right. in London. Yeah. And I don't think they really knew what to expect when they came back. And the Raiders fans were so passionate. It was almost like a collegiate atmosphere. And I think a lot of that is sort of due to that defiant nature that the Raiders fans have been kind of fostering ever since they known that the Raiders are leaving. It's almost like, all right, the Raiders are going to be leaving. We're still going to love this team anyways, despite ownership, despite the NFL, despite Las Vegas, despite all of it. So let's get into that because their fandom goes kind of against human nature. They are celebrating a team yeah. that is abandoning them again. Yet they just refuse to stop cheering, stop showing up, stop loving the silver and black. So tell me more about that. Well, I think there's sort of a gypsy nature to this team that isn't really there for any other franchise because they were in Oakland and then they went to Los Angeles and then they came back. Mm -hmm. And so when they left the first time, the 49ers effectively took over the market. And the Raiders, when they came back to Oakland in 1995, they dealt with repercussions because the fans that they had from before when in the glory days of the 70s and, and early 80s when they went to Los Angeles, a lot of them had been sort of sloughed off. A lot of new fans had taken their place and stopped caring. But the Raider Nation that was still here, they were hardened and they were not going to leave. So this and then they've been dealing with threats of moving to L.A., San Antonio, right. pretty much in Mexico City, everywhere under the sun. And so when Las Vegas occurred, a lot of fans were sort of stealing themselves to this possibility. And a lot of them have, you know, said, okay, that's it. I'm finally done. And you kind of get that sometimes on social media. People are like, I'm never going to root for this team again right. once they leave Oakland. But there's a lot of fans who sort of like, uh, you know, anyone who's going to get a Raiders tattoo on themselves, it's almost like it's never, I'm never going to not root for this team. It doesn't matter if they play in Pluto. I'm still going to be a Raiders <laughs> fan. Are you going to get season tickets? or No, um, but at least go to at least three oh, a year. I'm going to try. And now on to Vegas. And similar to Warriors fans wondering how and if the Oracle vibe would transition to Chase Center, what are your thoughts on the black hole and how it's going to look next year in Las Vegas? Well, it's going to be interesting because I don't know how many people who are regular members of the black hole can make the trip to Vegas on a weekly basis. So is it going to, I'm sure they're going to have a black hole. There's no way they won't. Mm -hmm. But will it be made up of some of the people who are there currently? A lot of them probably who are in the black hole right now don't even live in Oakland anyways. They probably live in L.A. or maybe even some of them even live in Vegas and, and make a Southwest flight around here. You know, it's, it's But it's going to be interesting because the tailgate's not going to quite be the same. It's not going to be a giant parking lot that goes around the stadium. There's going to be a bunch of little parking lots that they're leasing throughout the area, sort of like what Levi Stadium has right now with shuttles that take fans from different parking lots all around Vegas to the game on game day. Hmm. So that part's going to be a little different. The black hole itself, it's going to be interesting because, you know, if it's going to be a bunch of different people, are you going to have people wearing the same costumes, similar costumes? It's going to be people who are just fired up. And a lot of the the part about the fans in Las Vegas is going to be sort of a transient nature Vegas is a tourist town, mm -hmm. so you know that a lot of people who have their team go and play in Las Vegas are going to make it a destination trip once or t once a year. Right. You know, so if they play the Packers, for example, you know it's going to be a ton of Packers fans in there. You know that Denver fans are going to make that trip because it's even closer than Oakland and it's Vegas. Right. So are the people in the black hole, are they going to make sure that only Raiders fans are in there? Because that's the way it is right now. If you're a visiting fan... 
you, you, you see visiting fans in the Coliseum right now, but you're not seeing them in the black hole. Black hole is black and silver, and that is it, because no, everyone knows not to go in there. Is that same sort of almost lawless, dangerous nature that has made the black hole what it is going to survive in Las Vegas? It's nothing like an experience of like going to a game here in Oakland. I mean, there might be 54,000 people here, but there's 54,000 of the most passionate people you would ever see at any stadium in any city. It's going to be blue collar versus white collar, the difference between Oakland and Las Vegas. I guess we'll see in week one uh, next year if they move into Vegas next year, if the stadium's even ready. So safe to say the pre- and post-game memories that so many fans have said that they have loved at times, even more than the Raider games that they have attended, going to look a lot different next season, huh? Absolutely. It's going to be interesting because that tailgating part is really the backbone right now because the team hasn't been good, but it's still a reason to party. The Raiders, since they moved back in 95, they've had four winning seasons. It's not about winning and losses. It's about, it's about a community, a family that just cares about a team. And when you walk around that tailgate, the partying is pretty strong. It's it's a lot like Candlestick as well. Candlestick had that same sort of vibe. In the Coliseum, it's just tons of barbecues, tons of chairs set out. I've never seen so many people walking around with full bottles of Hennessy as I wrote in my <laughs> column, which is, you know, it's kind of a silly thing. And I, one of the people in the comments said, you know, way to generalize. You know, so I go to Raiders games, I don't even drink. Right. Right. Not everyone. There's not 50,000 Hennessy bottles of at course. the stadium because obviously that would probably lead to mass deaths but also because it's just but you still see that you see guys walking around with those you see you know women partying like crazy you still I, I don't think it's anywhere close to as dangerous as people used to make it out to be in the 90s I remember when I was growing up people would say oh don't take your kid to a Raider game it's so dangerous mm -hmm. I don't see that and I see a lot of people who are actually really kind to each other at these tailgates and then BART stations and that kind of thing but it's definitely, it is a party vibe, and that's really what has drawn a lot of people there is that sort of weekly party, and they have had one last chance to do it uh, against the Jaguars. And speaking of those hardcore fans, what were some of the best moments and memories they shared with you on Sunday? Well, I talked to uh, a group who was there. You guys have been going to games forever. Any, like, top favorite moments that you guys look back at? Heidi Bowl. There you go. The Clarence David Sea of Hands yeah. catch. Yep. That was the, one of the best. One of my top favorite moments is when um, Lynch, you know, was dancing out. And I mean, that just got the crowd going. It's just, like, such a great you know, sense I'll, of community. I'll say we're more of a family. Yeah. Um, all of us are like me. We've been coming here. Our dads took us here. So we grew up with this, and I think that's what makes it special. That's one thing I can say is, you know, they can take anything from you. They can take your team. They can't take away your memories, though. Wow. Couldn't have said it any better. Steve, thanks so much for helping us shine the light on a very special group. All right. Thanks, Kate. So a fan base loses the team it loves, but they weren't the only ones to lose something life-changing on Sunday. As Jerry McDonald, who covered the team for years for the Oakland Tribune, so eloquently tweeted during the game, the nice man who's checked my Raiders credential for years tells me, I've lost two jobs in a year. This and the Warriors. Today affects more than just the fan base. For access to Steve's article on Raider Nation and all of our coverage of the Raiders' goodbye to the town, just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update. The Giants have a new skipper, new ballpark dimensions, and come spring, 
will have a new opening day starter. After Madison Bumgarner agreed to become an Arizona Diamondback over the weekend, we'll discuss that and much more with Giants beat writer Andrew Baggerly. Kyle Shanahan's Niners are postseason bound. Matt Barrows catches up with Kyle and his mom Peggy to discuss his childhood, as well as the moment that forced Kyle to follow in his father's footsteps much sooner than he planned. We'll also get into the gift that keeps giving Warriors guard Monte Ellis. Preview Cal's bowl game with Illinois and look ahead to Cal and Stanford football in 2020. And on our next show, who is D'Angelo Russell? Dubs beat writer Anthony Slater sits down with the Warriors' big offseason acquisition to learn how the tumultuous start to Russell's NBA career might just make him the perfect fit to help them chase another championship next season. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of The Update. If you liked what you heard, hit the old subscribe button. And if you didn't, well, we're just getting started. <laughs> so we hope you'll stick around. I'm Kate Scott. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Friday. <laughs>